welcome to the Lovely Radical podcast. I'm your host, Kat, and Lovely Radical is a mission that for me began many years ago, wanting to retain the ability to be lovely whilst also being a radical agent for change and transformation in my own reality and that of those who are ready for more. I'm a life and business coach helping people all around the world become the leaders of their own lives, a master practitioner of hypnosis, neurolinguistic programming, and something incredible called emotional change technique. I've taught around the world and for the last five years coached people across five continents and helped them remove their barriers to finding their soulmates, healing their bodies, and making 10K months or more in their businesses. Because the key I've found lies in our unconscious mind, here we will discuss many things around mindset, communication, business strategy, real self-love, manifestation, language, and so much more. Many of these topics have been requested by you, and we will discuss with some dear friends of mine who may pop in from time to time. This is a no-filter zone, and some of the content may trigger you, and that's great. Did you know that our triggers are actually the pathway to our desires? And we are usually triggered by things that are unfamiliar and that we haven't yet made sense of. And if knowledge is power, imagine if you have the wrong knowledge and that's why you feel stuck. If you're looking for ways to take this knowledge to a higher level, you can connect with me anytime and ask about LRA, my coaching academy. So step into the arena, lean into the knowledge to integrate the light and the dark, spirituality and business, and let's have some fun while we create a better life than we could have possibly imagined together. All right, we're live, episode two. And today I have had the request of, and I love this subject. I love, love, love the subject. And it's all about the relationship we have with ourselves. So find yourself, they say. Love yourself, they say. And yet so many of us haven't even been taught how to learn who we are and how to love who that is and how to evolve and change if who we find isn't maybe what we're happy with or who we want to be. And what if we don't have to find something? What if it's already there? What if we get to actually decide and design who we want to be moving forward because of or in spite of or whatever you want to say, things that happened in the past? And what if it's just about peeling back some layers to reveal what was always there rather than trying to seek who we are outside of ourselves, which can happen when this installation is out there in society that we have to find something as if it's lost when it's actually always, 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 always there. Um, And there is an aspect of looking back to do this, I believe. And 
This is how I've spent the last fair few years utilizing looking back and looking at the things that I didn't enjoy and choosing to face the uncomfortable parts of life or situations in myself and utilizing those things to decide and design who I am and who I'll keep becoming. And so before we can know what we want, we usually have to experience its contrast, right? Like what we don't want before we can know who we are, we have to have decided who we're not. And so it's the law of polarity. So one thing cannot exist without its opposite. We can't know who we are and find who we are if we haven't decided who we don't want to be. And so my question is today, have you worked out what you don't want yet? Have you actually given conscious, intentional time to know what you don't I've been listening to Matthew McConaughey's memoir recently on Audible. It's amazing. Honey on the ears. He's great. And he talks a lot about this in particular. And this is a practice that we can bring into play over, you know, all the experiences that we might've had or all the experiences that we might still have throughout the journey. And I've been doing it recently myself, like getting deeper and deeper into the layers of like, okay, well, Do I even know what I want in this area? Well, I know what I don't want. Let's actually look at what I don't want and get really clear on what I don't want. And then what's the opposite of that? So that's what I do want. And that's how we can build that vision out of all the things that we didn't enjoy or we don't actually want. But most of the time, we're just kind of stuck in this middle section of, I don't have time to even look at either of them, right? And I'm going to come back to the what we don't want a little later. And we're going to play a little bit with the contrast. So contrast meaning the contrast, the opposite of what we actually enjoy. So it's the the yucky stuff. It's the things that happen that suck. It's the, the challenging times. Let's just say that. So I love questions. I love asking myself questions and others questions in society and the universe. And so much of the time, we're usually asking some really stupid programmed questions, just running on autopilot. Like, why am I so tired? Why am I sick? Why am I depressed? Why am I lonely? Why am I broke? Why, 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 why? Are you getting the whole whininess around the word why? The word why I've noticed has a real poor me attachment to it, don't you think? So when I hear the word why, I kind of am transported to being a kid, being like, why, mom? (laughs) And those installations stay with us. And so when we're asking why, our unconscious mind is communicating with our nervous system and it's putting us in that victim state on a nervous system level, on a chemical level. And so I was taught and I love reframing it to the question of for what purpose for what purpose am I tired right now for what purpose am I sick for what purpose am I depressed for what purpose am I lonely for what purpose am I broke for what purpose do I get triggered 
by things and when and how could I respond in a better way? For what purpose do I love this over this? For what purpose do I do this instead of this? This level of self-inquiry can be so much more powerful than just asking why. Because usually when we ask the word why, we ask why question because of that pull back into the victim, we're instantly exhausted and we actually don't want to surge forward and find the reasons and find the solutions, which are all waiting right there, by the way. They're all waiting right there for us to ask better questions of our own mind so that our unconscious communicates with the conscious and finds evidence of the answers to those questions in the world so that we can create the solutions. But if we're constantly being pulled back into a victim state, a tired state, a stress state, we don't, we might see the little glimmers and the, hear the little whispers. We might think that we have noticed something that we could do, but we've also already kind of talked ourselves out of taking action. So that's no fun. <laughs> and when I started asking myself, okay, for what purpose am I tired? Well, my morning routine's kind of fallen by the wayside, or I'm definitely not eating enough fruit and vegetables or drinking enough water, or I'm really stressed and I'm not actually giving myself any time to address that. For what purpose am I depressed? Well, maybe I don't like my freaking life. Maybe I don't like the person I have to be at my job or in my relationship or in my family actually asking ourselves why something is happening, but asking for what purpose is this happening to me? Because we can go, why me, why me, why me? But why not you? Who else would you suggest is would go through this right now? Like I say all the time in my content, depression and sickness and disease and injury and horrible things happening are actually like a permission slip to completely transform your life, to ev- to make it everything you want it to be. They're actually like your superhero moment opportunity. But we are living in a world where you're programmed to get a label or a medication or whatever it is, like an excuse slip to be like, oh, now you have significance. You have a significant problem that means that you have limitations. That's what the system will tell you. The system will tell you that all of those things mean that you have a limit, that you have a problem, and we actually have a human need for significance. Tony Robbins talks about this all the time. So when we actually have something that makes us significant, we freaking love it. And it does give us a bit of a hit because we get attention. We get pity. We get something to complain about, which boosts dopamine in our brain. Did you know that? And yet none of that is going to be sustainable to make you like to heal you, to make you happy again, to make you successful again, whatever's happened. None of it's going to be sustainable. You're just going to keep looping in this toxic loop of like just trying to get away from the pain rather than going for a little bit more of the delayed gratification and asking deeper question of, Why is this actually happening to me? For what purpose would this be happening to me and not someone else? And that can be a really lonely road if you're one of the only people who's depressed in your environment or lonely or broke in your environment. And 
it's also something that could be really exciting and you get to choose that meaning instead. And I've had many long bus rides through third world countries and thousands of days and nights alone over the last decade to ask myself so many more of these questions. And I went deep with the questions over all of that time. Like, I'll tell you, (laughs) like thoughts of walking through the back roads of Leon and Nicaragua going, so if I was raped on this walk home, what would I make that mean? Like, how would that, would I let it ruin my life? (laughs) Or on the bus driving through Honduras, like if this bus was stopped by a bunch of gang members right now, my arm was chopped off, like would I let that ruin my life or what would be my victory story once I was rescued? (laughs) Like legit, that was a thought that I had because we were almost stopped driving through Honduras and like probably the most important question I really started asking myself. And by this time I'd been single for about six years without so much as one date being initiated by a man. It was weird and it was wild. And this question was inspired by a dear friend of mine. And he asked me if I never met my person, if I never got to have the the cookie cutter life of the house and the partner and the family and the dog and what was I going to make my life about? Was I going to make my life about going out to the pub every weekend to try and meet someone, being on dating apps? Was I going to make it about trying to look a certain way or be a certain way to impress what I thought someone else needed? Or could I remove the need to even do that and become who I wanted to be to make my life about what I wanted life to be about, become who I wanted from other people? Could I do that? What did that look like? And this question changed everything for me. That was the year that I started my first business ventures That was the time I started taking action and taking like an active approach into like this radical self-development and my health and my mindset and my money. I went for a promotion at work and I worked my butt off. I started three business projects in that first year and I traveled to three countries and volunteered overseas and ran retreats. And one of those projects started making me money. So I gave away all my belongings for probably the fifth time in my life. And I moved to Indonesia for two years and I learned to surf and I worked on so many beautiful collaborations and projects with other creatives and entrepreneurs. And I wrote a book and I ran more retreats and I really spent intentional time working out who I was and what I wanted my life and my lifestyle to be and spent thousands of hours studying and learning about every subject I could get my hands on, but I was most fascinated by neuroscience and human behavior and our language and communication with ourselves and with others. And I especially love learning about wealth creation and building amazing relationships from some of the coolest and most successful couples around the world. And I was so excited. I knew who I was and I really knew what I wanted. And I had all the skills and the passion and the motivation and the strategies and the structure for how to create this life I wanted yet. 
I kept attracting and allowing situations from friends, colleagues, collaborations, partners that were not reflecting the same energy and behavior and excitement in return in themselves. And in some situations, it was quite the opposite. It was like this intense, toxic darkness that was being reflected back to me. And this confused the crap out of me because I was like, I'm doing the work. I'm becoming the best version of me. Why am I, for what purpose, am I still experiencing this contrast? And so this is where we might return to the subject of what we don't want. (laughs) And I'm going to speak into a couple of things around this because for one, one thing that I notice is that most people are so excited and happy to do self-development and, and do all the fun, beautiful, spiritual stuff to find who they are and manifest their perfect reality and all the things. And yet so many of us don't want to look at the parts of ourselves that are being reflected back from the situations we don't like in the world, which is actually the key. And I'll come to that shortly. Also, however, there's a familiarity in the things that we don't want for our brain. And you know what? You know what loves the familiar? Your brain, your monkey brain, your brain that's just there. Its only job is to keep you safe. And it doesn't actually matter how much work we do. There's still going to be fun little moments along the journey that pop up to test us, to see how devoted we are to our new story and our new identity and our new program. And just to see how easily we might be tempted or convinced by our own brain to come back to familiar safety of an old program. And again, without that contrast, we wouldn't know how to unlock our next level and our next level and our next level. We say in the businesses, we say another level, another devil, and it gets fun. I can promise you that along the way, there's a period of time in self-development where you're just like, what am I even, what is the point? Like, am I ever going to get anywhere? And I promise you, it gets really fun. (laughs) And what I mean by this is, when you know what you don't want, it's also powerful to recognize that your monkey brain hasn't made this decision to surge forward into this new life of no problems. It's still seeking out the familiar experiences and actions and feelings to create some sense of certainty because you consciously and intentionally and wanting to create a better life for yourself have been driving into the unknown that your brain that is just programmed to find familiar and safety is just trying to keep you safe. It's just desperately grappling for anything that feels familiar. And so if there are situations that might come in that you have an opportunity to do things a new way, but if you haven't decided who you are in that particular environment, in your new self, the mind's going to go, oh, we do it this way, remember? Remember we do this and we say this and we act this way and we put up with this, but we don't put up with this. Remember we react in this way rather than respond. So if we haven't actually 
built this relationship with ourselves intentionally and practiced it and created that repetition that the unconscious mind and the brain also loves. That's the good thing is we can reprogram these programs into something better, but it takes time. It takes repetition. It takes consistency. And sometimes we need accountability to keep us going. And that's how we create familiarity in the new self, in the new relationship with self, in the new identity, so that we don't, aren't so easily manipulated and coerced and encouraged and guided back by our brain and our mind into that old familiar program. Because the mind is so smart, you guys. Like it is so shifty and shady. Like it will come up with. And you've probably all experienced this, like you want to do your morning routine, but the kids need this or your partner needs this, or you need to get ready for work. Like there's all of these thoughts that will come in and be so convincing, so convincing. Sometimes we'll even create events in our day or in our life that suddenly have to be more important. And you know what? You can actually make a decision to still put yourself first to still find the time, to still create the time, to still make that so freaking important because it's got to become familiar so you don't keep slipping back into that loop. And it's devotion to self and to that relationship with self. And I've created some really fun moments of contrast over the last five years, especially, and especially in my favorite flavor of suffering and we all have our own favorite flavors of suffering and they have also been my biggest breakthroughs all of them and that happened when drum roll (laughs) I stopped blaming anyone or anything else for the creation of that experience And I started looking at myself and going, how was that a program of mine? How was that a limiting behavior of mine? How did my mind pull me back into just doing things the old way? How did I create this? What are the parts of me that I haven't looked at yet that are being reflected back by this contrasting, crappy, shitty situation? Because we create our whole reality from what we've got going on inside of us and what most of us don't want to face, this is what I said I'd come back to, is that we have negative sides of us as well. If we see negative in the world, it exists somewhere in us. Maybe it's not even our layer. Maybe it's not even our program. Maybe it's been passed on from generations or lifetimes And we have the awareness now, we have the technology, the education available to us now, the support around us now, you're all in this space right now because you have access to the abilities to completely rewire, reprogram and completely change that whole pattern of behavior and therefore completely completely transform and change the way that you experience the world, the way that the world happens around you because you've changed what's going on within you. And we can change all the good stuff and the fluff, as I call it, in self-development. And 
yet so many of us don't want to look at the contrast within ourselves. And what I was doing in the past and what I see in most people these days is we are. We're available to the good parts of ourselves. We're emotionally available to the great sides of us, the fun, the good emotions and the fluff, as I call it. But we completely object, like reject all our other emotions. In some cases, we reject that anger or sadness or fear or hurt or guilt or grief are even a part of who we are. And yet how can we attract people who are emotionally mature, emotionally aware, emotionally available, if we're refusing to be emotionally available to a whole side of our own being, not believing that we're worthy, having a fear of, most people fear success more than they fear failure and they fear success in business because it's the unknown, the unfamiliar. They fear success in relationships in health because it's not familiar and the brain's just continuing to pull back into that loop. If we want to start experiencing a different external reality, if we want to have more of what we're not wanting, we need to actually face off with the stuff that we don't want that's still existing within us. And that's massive. It's massive work. And it's the piece of self-development, like like I said, that so many don't want to do. And yet when you do, when you lean in, when you take action, when you create that consistency, you face off with those parts of yourselves and you actually learn how powerful they actually are, how important negative, and I say that in quotation marks for those listening, negative parts of ourselves are actually so pivotal to unlock the positive life that we want to have. The law of polarity, like I mentioned in the beginning of this episode, you cannot have one thing without another. So if we refuse to face that we have anger or sadness or fear or guilt or grief or feelings of unworthiness or fear of things working out, we refuse to even look at that. How can we possibly call in its opposite? How how can we possibly open up abundance and joy and happiness and connectedness and emotional availability and relationships and all the things? So I'm going to round out this episode with some questions for you to ask yourself and a couple of tasks, I think. And so I'm going to get you guys to ask yourself this question. If everything fell away, the job, the partner, the kids, the family, if you never had or you never found the thing that you most desire, what would you make your life about? If you could do or be or have anything in this life, this one life that you have on this rock in a universe that you have no idea why you're here. What would you make your life about? What would you start doing more of? Number two is start getting clear on 
the things your soul feels called to do? It's kind of an expansion of that first question. Can you create a vision for your life? Because you actually have no limits except yourself. And if you need help removing any unconscious limits, you can come ask me about Lovely Radical Academy. And the third piece and question or task is I'm going to get you, if you like, to write a list of all the things you don't want in work, in family, in relationships, in health, in finances. And for bonus points, you can send them to me. You can do this through social media at Lovely Radical. And let's look at how you can use all the crappy things that may have happened as your tool to create a life better than you could have dreamed. And a relationship with yourself where you know all the parts of yourself, where you know the purpose that you do certain things over others, the purpose that certain triggers may come up, the purpose that you want, what you say you want. A relationship with yourself that is so solid and beautiful and mature and aware and available. And it won't matter what happens in the outside world. You'll always know that you're safe and supported and have everything you need to succeed because you created it within yourself. So I'm excited to see the lists that are shared with me. And if this is where I leave you this week, I hope you have a beautiful week and thanks for listening along. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. If you like this, please do us a favor and share it with your friends and maybe even give us a five-star review. And be sure to tag us on your socials when you listen so that we can send some love your way. If you'd like to learn more about how to work with myself and the Lovely Radical team inside the Academy, make sure you head over to our website at www.lovelyradical.net or send me a DM on Instagram for a chat. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you on the next episode.